Somewhere out in the Northwoods darkness, a seven-foot creature lurks through thick, forested areas. Watching from the shadows with piercing yellow eyes, the beast tilts its head back and shrieks. The creature may appear when walking home alone on an isolated road. Other times, it might appear at your doorstep, scratching outside your bedroom window. Oh, the Michigan dog man. He roams the Michigan forest. If you're in the forest in Michigan, keep an eye out for the dog man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love this guy. I love it so much. Hello, guys. I am Gracie. I am Stephanie. And we're your spooky neighbors. Oh my gosh. And this is Dogman. Dogman is here. Yes, we just got a song by the paranormal song Warrior. It is called the Dogman song, if anybody is interested. He is a super cool, wholesome dude. We were in contact with him a little bit. He has 22,000 songs, which is amazing. Yeah. 22,000. 22,000. That's so many songs. (laughs) And he agreed to be on a future episode. So just to drop a little fun news there for you guys. Tune in for that one. Stay tuned for that one. Yes, we won't won't tell you what it is yet. We'll keep it. We'll keep it secret. Super secret. And you won't know which one or which topic we're talking about because he has 66 songs on this album. (laughs) It could be anything. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. How did you hear about the Dogman stuff? I like the first time that you heard about the Dogman. Never heard about the Dogman before we started doing this podcast. And Gracie was looking up cryptids and she's like, hey, here's the Michigan Dogman. I'm like, what? I've he lives never in heard the of that. Michigan forests. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I started talking to a bunch of people about Dogman, and most people have never heard of it, except for a couple have. And the couple of people who have, have these crazy stories about it. Wow. There was one girl who told me that she had, like, grown up in fear. Like, she was afraid of Dogman growing up her whole life. Another person I talked to has family who owns a cabin up north, like, in the UP. And somebody was renting out this cabin and left in the middle of the night, freaking out, like, terrified because they saw the dog man. They were so freaked out that they left the doors open. Like, they just got the hell out of there. In the middle of the night. In so the middle of the night. like, sometime in the morning, midnight-ish? I'm going to... Midnight-ish, maybe? I don't know. All I know is that mm-hmm. my friend had to, like, drive up north in the middle of the night, at, <laughs> like, five hours north, to go and lock up the place because these people were not going back. Whoa. They were so terrified. That, do you know what year that was? It was within the last few years, I think. Maybe... I don't know. Yeah. Recent. I don't know if it was a specific year ending in seven. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. We have all the details of to tell you what the Michigan Dogman is about. I honestly did not hear about this cryptid either. I heard people talk about it at school, specifically our audio friend, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Thank you for all your help with audio. Yay. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Shout out to Ryan. And also for, you know, telling us about the Dogman in general. The as dog well. man. Yeah. Um, what a wild, fun story this is going to be, guys. Oh, you're in for a yeah, treat. Yeah, yeah, because he was he was telling me that there's a, a dog man song. So there's a few dog man songs out there. The Paranormal Song Warrior, that was the one that we... That one's a real fun song. Yes, and the one that we are able to play and then uh, there in is terms a, of copyright because right. we got permission. This one, however... Is a really bad song that a lot of people know. Um, oh, oh um, the the legend of the dog the man. The legend of the, the dog legend man. The legend of the dog man. It is a more well known song, but notably a pretty bad one. Like notably <laughs> but still cheesy. Try, still yeah. check it out and listen to it because it's just it's like it's like a B rated horror movie in a sense where it's so bad, but like you have to see it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it for the experience. You do. You really yeah. do. Okay, so to tell you a little bit about the Michigan Dogman, this creature is described as a seven-foot-tall, blue-eyed or amber-eyed, bipedal, canine-like animal with the torso of a man and a head of a dog. The head of a dog. (laughs) (laughs) 
And he also has a fearsome humanoid howl that sounds like a human shrieking or an infant screaming, loud and hysterical. Ooh, terrifying. I heard that today in a large room, and it just, like, pierced everywhere. Oh, no. Of a shrieking Um, child, and I was just like, ha. (laughs) (laughs) I know they're just a child, but it hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it hurts. Oh, oh, um. I don't know how I fell down this rabbit hole today, but did you know that a whale can technically, it's like, you know, call can kill you. What? It, well, it can kill your eardrums for sure, but it also has the ability because I think it's at 188 decibels that it would just completely fuck up your eardrums. Whoa. Is that like? And it also has the ability to crush your organs or oh just God. isn't that yeah just a fun fact i don't know what decibel that the dog man screams at holy cow i mean i just got a flash to the the lady in the painting from harry potter who sings so loud that she crushes the glass <laughs> <laughs> just from bad singing <laughs> I mean, I did feel like my eardrums were going to be pierced by that shrieking child today, but (laughs) (laughs) But, it was fine. But not like the dog man shriek or like a whale shriek. That might make me cry. Whoa, on a scale of (laughs) uh, dog man whale scale. (laughs) Like the whip, the whip. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) Dog man whale scale. Dog man. Okay. (laughs) On a scale of one to dog man. How bad do you think that scream is? Yeah. I'd have to hear it. Ha! <laughs> that was great. Okay. I gave it a three. <laughs> I it, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a no from me, dog. <laughs> okay, so back to the story. It's noted in the Michigan sightings that the dog man is typically seen in the northwestern area of Michigan mostly in the Upper Peninsula and in the Traverse City area. However, there have also been reports of the dogman in neighboring states, such as Wisconsin, which we will talk about a little bit later on. And according to the lore, the creature appears every 10 years, typically in a year ending in seven, which is when our story takes place. Mm. Twinkle fingers for the intro of Steve Cook in 1987. Steve Cook! In 1987, a radio station called WTCM-FM was getting ready for a radio-wide tradition to put on an April Fool's Day prank on the air. According to their DJ, Steve Cook, they were really short on ideas that year and already late in the season. The morning man on their radio show told him that they really needed something. Steve Cook ended up dreaming about a creature unique to northern Michigan, which became known as the Dog Man. Steve had always been interested in folklore, ghosts, and mysterious creatures, and this, along with his imagined-up creature, inspired a poem titled The Legend. In his writing, Steve used local places in northern Michigan, such as Bowers Harbor, as settings. The spoken word track described various dogman encounters over the decades and ended up telling a gruesome tale of animals dying of fright and a priest finding sinister marks slashed into a church door. Oh, yikes. So Steve took the poem and laid it on top of a song and he put the tracks together, he mixed it, and he showed Jack O'Malley. And Jack was like, hey, dude, this is kind of more Halloween-ish than April Fool's like." what (laughs) but they needed something so eventually you know they just ultimately said fuck it (laughs) we're gonna play it we're (laughs) we're gonna run it and they played it on air anyways thinking it was just a radio bit that would come and go and at first nothing came of it which was exactly what they were expecting and then their phone lines blew up whoa they started getting all these calls from all these people that said that's no joke that's a real legend around here. I seen it. <laughs> and at first, Steve thought, <laughs> that's pretty funny. They're probably just messing with us, too. But then, the legend became the most requested song at the station in the following week. Dogman started out as an April Fool's Day prank on the radio, but it turns out there's a bunch of historical accounts and folklore that date way back to before the song was even released 
on WTCM hmm. in 1987. Don't underrate a B-rated horror movie or song. <laughs> it could be really good. It really could be. Really good, <laughs> but also bad. <laughs> and it might have deep roots, guys. You never know. And Steve confessed that he never really believed in oddity creatures and cryptids, believing they were just figments of people's imaginations, but now he doesn't know. In an interview, he said, Enough credible people have told me incredible stories. Maybe there is something going on out there, and we just happened to hit the right note. And on a cute little wholesome note, Steve ended up making cassettes of the song and sold them for $4 a piece. He took all the proceeds from the single and donated all of it, all of it, to local animal shelters. That's amazing. And over the years, the legend has raised an estimated $50,000. Whoa, what? For charity. (laughs) For animals. That's awesome. Yes. Go Dogman. Go Steve. (laughs) Your B-rated song has lifted the hearts of many animals. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's one of those things. I love just cheesy and eccentric things. Me too, man. Which oh, so good. I'd give that I'd give that an A minus. Yeah. Oh, that's because generous. He, More like a B minus. But he has inspired the dog man. It's it's become more or culture. The resurgence of the dog man. Ooh. If anyone is curious in hearing The Legend by Steve Cook, again, just to differentiate. It's not the song that we played earlier. It's a totally different one. Then you got to go on YouTube for that. You can find it, but you can't find the original. You can find the one that's from, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So I think uh, the 80s version, according to some Reddit users or just people on forums, they said that they tried searching for the original and they can't find the exact original. What's different? I think uh, he probably used a little bit more updated equipment, but the fact that it was from the 80s and the older equipment and just that very raw moment in time where it was new and... So if it's still the same song and it sounds the same, just a little bit better probably? I heard that the original was more creepy. Oh, because of that extra crackle factor? I'm thinking so, that (laughs) super 80s vibe. Ah, I getcha. Okay. Yeah. But you can find it online if you search it. You can. Mm-hmm. Yes, but yes. our Dogman song is just so much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Matt Farley. Matt Farley. The paranormal song warrior. Paranormal song warrior. If you are listening, we can't wait to interview you. And I think you you know what the topic is. Okay, I'm going to cut that. <laughs> Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Okay. Love um, it. Okay. Yeah. So shout out to Matt Farley, the paranormal song warrior, for letting us use a little bit of that clip. It's so good. And we can't wait to discuss all the other songs in the future. For now, we are going to trace the legend back to before Steve Cook's song in 1987. It turns out that the Dogman traces as far back as 1794, to the journal of a French fur trader who described it as Loup Garou, which is French for werewolf. Ooh, we're going way, way back. 1794. Mm-hmm. Loup Garou. Later, a diary entry from a Comstock resident in 1857 records another sighting. Quote, from their journal, old-timey journal quote, Ooh. Near the barn, it stood as if it were a man, yet it bore the countenance of a gray wolf. Oh. Unquote. (laughs) I felt super Shakespearean there. That was beautiful. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Uh, Dogman was also said to have been stalking the area around the Manistee River since the days the Ottawa tribes lived there which the Ottawa referred to the beast as the Wendigo. So mm. if anyone has heard of the Wendigo, that is like a... Hold on. I, I have a good description for what the Wendigo is in relation to Dogman. Oh? It's like... I feel like the Wendigo is... You have like good boy and then you have Wendigo. So you have like... You, you're good and you're evil because Wendigo is like more ominous and more evil-spirited. Okay. It's kind of like Dogman on drugs. Oh, all right. <laughs> 
that's painting the picture. So these are the super low-key first encounters that are very easy to overlook because the first encounter that became really popular of the Dogman occurred in 1887 in Wexford County, Michigan. During this time, Michigan was the leading white pine lumber producer in the nation. Two lumberjacks were working at a logging company and suddenly stopped when they saw what looked like a wild dog in the distance. They chased it off, and the creature hid into a hollow log. One of the lumberjacks grabbed a stick and started poking at it inside the log. Oh, rude. Yeah, I know. Why would you do that? Like, just go and poke the bear. Smart, man. So smart. What'd you say, like that B-movie type of deal? Yeah, <laughs> this that's sounds, a very, very they, B-movie of you to do. <laughs> How B-movie of you to poke at. <laughs> Great. So yeah, this poor creature was hiding inside the log, and they were poking at it with a stick, and then eventually the creature let out an unearthly scream, crawled out of the log, and stood upright. Ooh. And then that is when they realized they had fucked up as they stood face-to-face with a beast with the body of a man and the head of a dog. Yikes. And they packed up their camp, noped the fuck out of there, and they never returned to the area. (laughs) I bet. Yeah, hell no. Oh, my gosh. That's what you get for poking the dog man. Just don't do it. He's a good boy. Mm -hmm. He could be, unless you provoke him. Don't find out. Right? Or, well, I mean, he can provoke you too, but we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll find more about We'll find out more about that. Yes, to see if he is dangerous or if he is not. Because at this point, we don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Just don't go poking stuff in logs. I mean, that's just stupid. That's a no-brainer. All right. Ten years later, in 1897, near Buckley, a farmer was found slumped over his plow. It turned out he had one too many white claws. No, actually, it had been a perfectly normal day where nothing unusual happened. Of course, that's how all the stories go. Mm-hmm. Except... He was found slumped over his plow. He had died of a heart attack, and there was a huge ring of dog tracks around his body when he was found. Hmm. So a ring of of tracks around a dead body out in the wilderness, or not even in the wilderness, in a farm. Like, that's not that far-fetched, right? That's not far-fetched. No, no. In, In, like, a singular instance. So, like, something happens and animals are just like, ooh, food? I'm hungry. Food? Exactly. So we can't, like, deny that, you know, it could have been something else. But we have a few more stories. Go on. Another decade passes, and it's 1907. There was a report of a widow who reported very strange dreams about dogs circling around her house at night. The dogs walked like men and yelled like banshees. Ooh. Weird. Then... 1917, another decade passes. A sheriff finds a wagon and notices, again, very large dog tracks in the dirt around it. No driver is found, but four horses are found dead with their eyes open. A vet was called to the scene, but found no medical reason to explain their deaths. The horses allegedly died of fright. Oh, the poor horsies. Aww. Yeah, they're very sweet and timid creatures. They spook very easily. So there was something out there that really, that really got them. Yeah. Wow. Then, in 1937, there was a report by a boat captain that several of his crew members found a pack of wild dogs roaming around Bowers Harbor. The same year, possibly the next, 17-year-old Robert Fortney claimed that while standing near the Muskegon River in Paris, Michigan, he was confronted by a pack of dogs. He picked up his shotgun and killed one of the dogs, And he noticed that one dog did not run off. Instead, it stood up on its hind legs and glared at him with piercing blue eyes. After being chilled by the event for years, Robert finally told his story on a phone interview with Steve Cook in 1987 and said, It may be that I was just scared, but I swear, that dog was smiling at me. Oh, that's so creepy. It just kind of gave me the image of, like, when a cat stands up on its hind legs and, like, hisses at you with its shoulders all up and its back arched, like, and it's it's not a smile. It's a big old hiss. (laughs) Like, I just imagined (laughs) a black cat with blue eyes. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually the same image that I'm getting, too. Like, you see that it almost looks, again, kind of like 
1980s, maybe 1990s bad effects kind of horror, like where you just see something oh. in a mask that's just smiling like, hee hee hee. <laughs> that's <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> it's the dog man. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so basically, the legend says that the dog man comes out every 10 years with the year ending in seven. How lucky, right? Mm, lucky number seven. Some of the dates of the encounters actually don't match up with the legend in which Steve tells. So in another theory, Dogman could really pop up whenever, if you're unlucky. Hmm. And this report was kind of interesting because it took place in the fall of 1986, which was one year before Steve Cook's song came out on the radio. A man named Ray Greenway was driving home from the Manistee Army recruiting station. It was late at night, and he noticed something in the darkened field beside him. His headlights were reflecting off what appeared to be eyes, but they were much too high off the ground to be a deer. Suddenly, the unidentifiable creature began running towards him and made an incredible leap clear across the two-lane road. Ray was unable to describe what type of animal it could be, but knew there was no way it could have been a deer. He described the unforgettable moment facing the creature, staring into its yellow eyes the whole time, along with its impossible leaping ability. Yikes. Another memorable Dogman report skips ahead to another off year in 1993. During the wintertime in Reed City, Michigan, a 13-year-old girl named Courtney snuck outside to have a cigarette behind her family's house. 13. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, girl. What happened? (laughs) Well, you were smoking your cigarette. Ah, teenagers. Ah, teenagers. (laughs) Uh, She claimed that a glint of light seeping out from the planks of an old abandoned barn got her attention. She followed its movement, and slowly it dawned on her that something was there. She realized the six-foot-tall thing hiding in the barn had the head of a dog and was staring right at her. She ran off, terrified. Later, her neighbor confirmed that they, too, saw a creature out in that barn. They described it as a buffalo-sized dog. Holy cow. That was just lurking around. And she never smoked a cigarette again because she was terrified. Traumatized by this incident. I I would Turned off of smoking forever. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Paired with a negative stimulus such as that. That that would get you to stop. Right? I'd hope so. She would never want to go outside again. You're right. Mm Mm-hmm. And this was the fucked up encounter that I had texted you about before. Describing what the dogman sounds like, here's that story. One late fall evening, a witness and her stepdaughter looked outside their windows and saw a creature that was best described as a werewolf or dogman stalking up the hill behind their home. They recalled the creature being black in color, like a big bear with haunches and the head of a wolf. Other residents who also live in Cass County report being able to hear it splashing around the 20-acre swampland at night. Huh. Sometimes they could even hear it shrieking. Ew. According to them, it has the scream of an infant, loud and hysterical. Ugh, yikes. It's like that scene from um, Annihilation. Ooh, that is such a good movie. It's so good. If you guys haven't watched it, it's so creepy and interesting. But there's this creature that's like a dog or a bear, but the zomb- like a zombified dog or bear. And it will mimic the sound of somebody's scream. To lure them in? After to... it kills that person and then use that sound. Oh, no. To, like, get the attention of somebody else to lure them in. So it's just, like, this unearthly, like, shrieking scream. Just, like, I, I can't even. It's ha! so. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, it's so bone chilling. And we have one more encounter, and there's actually a really famous dogman incident that occurred in Troy, Michigan back in 2006, so another off year, just one year off from seven. It turns out this whole thing was captured via OnStar. A man named Ron. Ron. Ron Weasley. (laughs) (laughs) Not Ron Weasley. He he was driving his, uh, you know, blue, like the the Weasley car. (laughs) And then Dogman just appeared in the clouds. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. Uh, stupefy. Stupefy. <laughs> <laughs> and the Dogman went, oof. <laughs> uh, no, for, for real here, a man named Ron 
was driving on an isolated road in Lansing, Michigan, and started to slow down for what he thought was a deer, when suddenly, a human-like hand that was much larger than a normal man's hand reached over the edge of a hill, and this huge silhouette came into view. Emerging from the darkened hillside was a massive man with a wolf-like face. The creature's eyes reflected in the headlights, and then it just sat there and looked across the field on the other side of the road before calmly turning its head to look right at Ron. He instinctively swerved to miss the creature and ended up running off the road and flipping the vehicle over to its side. He and his passenger were not hurt, and he was able to get assistance through OnStar. The OnStar recording of that conversation spread across the internet like wildfire, and that is also available on YouTube. Hmm. But I'm, that's where I'm very skeptic of that one. Because How does it go? <clears throat> Help! There's a, there's a big creature out there, and it's chasing me. I, I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the phone operator line is just kind of like fuzzy kind of sounding because it's... Uh-huh. In 2006, it's OnStar. What do you right. expect? They're like, we're here to help you, sir. Tell us your location. Uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it just, it just, and then all of a sudden you hear this. <gasps> and the, but the thing is, is like the scream was just so loud and clear that just Ooh. as we were talking about in terms of decibels of voice, whether it's a whale screaming, the dog man screaming, anything screaming, you're going to get, in terms of audio, you're going to get some clipping there. You're going to get some mega distortion. It's going to... Like not, it has that crackly sound it's, that comes yeah, through. Yeah, it's not going to be... It's like they edit it to uh, fit perfectly it's there. It sounded edited. Unless Dogman was like, oh, this is my time to shine. <laughs> and, and just did a perfect roar. <laughs> Rah. <laughs> woof. <laughs> a perfect woof. <laughs> Um, so that's where I'm kind of a skeptic and there's another one that's kind of skeptical too at one point in time there was another form of evidence of the dog man video evidence this time and it went absolutely viral and was thought to be the most credible source of proof of the dog man for a very long time Mm. this is called the gable film which was supposedly filmed in the 1970s by Mike Agrusa as a young boy when suddenly he captures footage of what appears to be the dog man while on a hike in northern Michigan. But it's a hoax, which was even confirmed with Mike, the creator of the video. And it turns out Steve Cook, you know, the the DJ who wrote The Legend of Dog Man? Uh Uh-huh. In 1987? Yep, that guy. uh, He was also involved in this. Oh. Yeah. And it's very cheesy looking. Like, it looks obviously edited like they just put mega filters on there to give it that can you vintage. just can you describe the scene so it depicts a man that's kind of just wandering out in the forest and the camera's kind of shaky you know what i mean like yeah like it's like blair witch oh, home, style yeah blair witch style home footage he's just walking around he's like yeah I'm, ha- I'm on a hike i'm having a good time and then all of a sudden you see what appears to be uh, a furry out in the distance <laughs> We got a furry out in the wild. (laughs) (laughs) And it comes barreling towards him. Oh. Okay. Um, But the way that it was running, it was like more so of like a a furry or a person in a very obvious costume just jumping through the woods. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But they try to make it look really legit. But we will tell you a little bit later why it is not legit. Okay. Because of the legs, maybe? Yes, because of the legs, it's the locomotion of how something walks. Oh, that right. That Where was, you can that tell was, that was human. It was human. It was a human person. Human. A human furry <laughs> running at you. I mean, which is still terrifying. Ooh, maybe the first original furry. Ooh. Whoa. It all begins somewhere. We digress because <laughs> yes, we digress. <laughs> okay. So back on track to the story, now we are about to dive into the fun stuff, which are the possible historic, scientific, and folklore-based explanations to the dogman. We're going to start off with a little term called sinisbole. The entomology literally translates to doghead and means exactly just that. Okay. Doghead. Sinisbole. Sinisbole. 
We practiced that one, guys. Thanks, Google. Yes. Thank you, Google. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) It turns out dog-headed people depicted in mythology are found in so many parts of the world. Rather than depicting a hybrid human-animal state, the dog-headed portrayals of deities conveyed that deity's ability to shift between fully human and fully animal states. Hmm. Which would mean that it's possible that half-dog and half-man encounters even took place thousands of years ago. The most popular example is found in the archaeological evidence of the hieroglyphs of the Egyptian god of the underworld, Anubis. Ooh, Anubis. Yeah. Yes, he's got to be like one of the oldest depictions. The Egyptian god wears the head of the dog, which represents the original form of the being depicted. People might have been seeing dogmen back then, and due to their inability to figure out the origins of what they were looking at, they figured they were looking at an evil entity from the underworld. It turns out there's a lot of cases all over the world depicting dog-headed people from history. So here is the little history lesson. I feel like we should have like a little music chime for history History time. Rainbow overhead of history. History with rainbows (laughs) and dog man. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it turns out there's a lot of cases all over the world depicting dog-headed people. The earliest is sometime in 5th century BC when a Greek physician wrote a detailed report of the existence of dog-headed people in India. Oh. Over 100 years later, another Greek traveler was just, you know, walking by and then he said, dude, wow, he's right. I mean, he probably never heard of this physician, read his work, but was like, confirmed there are dog-headed people in India as well. Okay, so this other dude saw? Yep. So okay. confirmed the dog people confirmed. sightings. Yep, over 100 years later. Okay, so, all right. I mean, he'd have to really look for that record. It's not like you can just text and say like, hey, I saw the dog man in, <laughs> you know, 5th century BC. Yeah. Send pigeon. Send a pigeon. Over Back the next 100, 100 years. years. <laughs> Unless he's a time traveler. Didn't specify what type of traveler this Greek Interesting. Was he a time traveler? (laughs) The plot thickens. (laughs) But yeah, he claimed to know about dog-headed people who lived in the mountains, communicated through barking, wore the skins of animals, and lived by hunting. Oh. Interesting. And... Now that's something noteworthy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Here's one that I thought was very, very, very interesting. In the Eastern Orthodox Church, certain icons identify St. Christopher with the head of a dog. And so I have no, I had no idea who this dude was, so I just Googled St. Christopher. And apparently he's a super strong guy who devoted his life to Jesus by helping travelers cross a dangerous river. Okay, but then here's the interesting part. Okay. There are some portrayals of St. Christopher saying that he was basically like a giant werewolf that ate human flesh and barked. Oh, what? Oh, that doesn't sound so saint-like. Yeah. I guess what ended up happening was eventually he met baby Jesus, and then he regretted barking at people, eating people, or eating human flesh. Oh. And he said, I'm sorry. And he got baptized, and then he was all better, and he was rewarded with human appearance. And he repented his soul to become a human. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Very interesting. Interesting history. We have uh, another fun one for anyone who's into, in this case, the Chinese zodiac, which there is a 12-year cycle with each year represented as an animal. Oh, the year of the dog? The 11th animal of the 12 years cycle is the dog. It turns out these animals were depicted as human figures with an animal head. Oh, weird. Thus, the dog-headed human depiction of the 11th zodiac is very common. Well, you only see it as like a dog now. I don't remember ever going to a Chinese restaurant and seeing a picture of the year of the dog with like a human with a dog face. Yeah, you don't really see that. No. <laughs> That'd They're be kind of creepy. That would be super creepy. <laughs> they, yeah, lose business so fast. <laughs> Just be like, <laughs> they had to make it a little bit cuter and, you know, more. Mainstream Chinese Zodiac placemats have now been a little bit easier to look at. <laughs> yes, making it more aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. But yes, originally yes. it was like a human with a dog head? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's interesting. I did not know that either. Hmm. I found that fascinating. And then we are going to trace back over to some Native American lore, which I found a very interesting story that in the simplest terms goes a little bit like there was a young girl who refused all offers of marriage. And she said, nope, not today. God, all these people in the village are so ugly. Until one day, (laughs) one day she met a strange young man and he went down to lay with her. Oh, And she was like, damn, this dude is super hot. (laughs) And I'm going to mark him. So she put red paint on her hands and printed them on his sides. And then the next morning decided to see if she could find him. Okay. She's like, this is the one. This is the one. This is it. (laughs) And the next day she woke up and she was walking around the village and she saw all the regular commoners. (laughs) 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 Or no, just like the regular people that... She She, rejected mm -hmm. and was like, nope, nope, nope. And I can't find him anywhere. Where is he? I literally, like this paint, it should still be there today. And she felt kind of bummed out about that. So she just went home. And then she saw that her mom was feeding a dog. And she noticed that there were red marks on the dog's sides. Oh. (laughs) And she went inside ashamed and cried to herself. In due time, she gave birth to 11 pups, 5 male and 6 female. Oh, she had a litter of puppies. She had a litter. And the people were super angry, and they beat the dog, the the dog dad man. Uh Uh-huh. And beat the dog nearly to death and left the woman and her children pups outside to die. Oh, that's awful. Well, when they were gone, the dog became a man went out into the woods and healed himself. When the pup's mother was out hunting for clams along the seashore one day, they turned into children and were dancing around the fire. Beside the fire, they left their fur skins and would put them back on before their mother returned. Mm. And she figured this out one day and stealthily crept up on them and threw their dog skins into the fire so they could remain children. Oh, my gosh. One of the children remained a black and white dog. The rest of the story pretty much says that the original dog man, who was the husband, came back and was looking for the girl and his children. And he was a super good hunter. So he killed all these fish and animals and set them aside for, for his girl, his wife. And the girl's grandmother pitied her and sent a crow to give her fish. But the dog man sent the crow back with animal fat to show her that she was well off. Mm. And the people returned, and they were all fed by the dog man. Oh, wow. Look at that. Dog man providing food for everyone. I I love Native American lore and also just something as cute as, no, she's well off, just sends the crow right Right. back. Like, here's some animal fat. Like, take that (laughs) to your village. (laughs) Right. And then everyone's just like, and you know what I think is really cool? Like, the symbolism of, like, a family meal or, like, a a mass meal with everybody. Like, that brings communities together. That seems to be a... A shared meal. Yeah, like a low-key theme in there. Like, there's uh, a lot of puppies as one symbol. And then Mm -hmm. there's also the aspect of community because he right. was outcasted. They, yeah, and Poor then after man. they all come back together and everybody, like, sits down and dine and, like, has a meal together, that's, like, yeah. a symbolism of acceptance. And he was finally accepted and they were finally accepted. I'm imagining, at least. I, I imagine it like that, too. To that, at least some extent, you know? Like, that's really, that's amazing. And I love it. what better hunter and gatherer for a tribe or a family than a dog... A dog's... And a man. A dog and a man. A dog and a man. Man's best friend, all in one. (laughs) (laughs) He is the whole package. He's the whole thing. (laughs) Wow, we should write uh, Dog Man a dating app profile. I think he would get a lot of suitors. (laughs) Um, Dog Man likes... um, So we... Yes, uh, we had to dig into the deep parts of the web for this. Dog Man likes... Long walks on the beach. Dog Man loves camping. He loves moonlit nights. He loves hunting. He's probably an Aries. He he loves turning into <laughs> a, a, a zodiac in, sign. <laughs> into a man to find um, a lady. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll turn back into your best friend when you just need a day-to-day. I mean, like, yeah. 
<laughs> go dog man. <laughs> you go Glen Coco. <laughs> so we have a couple more Native American lores. One of the most popular theories of the dog man traces back to the Native American lore of shapeshifters. Native Americans believe that one can change his mental shape to take on aspects and traits of a totem animal. The totem animal is something that is always with you and protects you on your life journey. But some stories tell of Native Americans actually physically changing into their totems. Some feel that in general there are two forms of shapeshifting. One is changing your form on the earthly plane into a desired animal, and the other is altering your light body in the astral realm to a desired power animal. So my guess of this is that there's, you know, there's the physical form and then there's your spiritual form. Okay. I think that's what they're trying to make sense of, of you can physically in this world shapeshift and turn into the dog man or whatever totem animal Okay. That represents you. And then the other one would be spiritually taking on like the power of, you know, like an eagle or of a dog. Oh, or like that kind that of like power, you know? that kind of energy within your like physical realm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it's like more of that spiritual, like that spiritual journey of the, mm-hmm. of, yeah. Yeah. That's where you gain depending. that kind of like, mm-hmm. le- that kind of mental energy. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. So you have astral and earthly yeah. Yeah. I love it. Interesting. Very beautiful I like stuff. It. I like to embody the mental energy of a cat. Yes. I like to sleep and don't touch me. I like to. I <laughs> but feel when like, I want belly rubs, please rub the belly. <laughs> I feel like my uh, spirit animal would probably be a crow because I just kind of like fucking around sometimes. And I'm just like, <laughs> ha! <laughs> at random people. <laughs> or just like maybe more so at myself. <laughs> that was fucked up. <laughs> I'm just gonna do my own thing and just, you know. <laughs> Caca! Caca! <laughs> Carry on! <laughs> Back to the story. Natives believe that these are more than just stories and believe that shamans and others may literally be capable of these transformations. According to their legends, they said that shapeshifting could be used for either spiritual or evil purposes. If used in an evil way, it is believed that the soul taking place in the metamorphosis may feed on another's terror and fear. Ooh, I feed on your fears. I feast on your flesh. Not quite there. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. This- coincides closely with eyewitness accounts, considering many claims of being terrified for their lives, yet never actually being harmed. Because mm. that's what hap- that's what's happened in a lot of the cases of yeah. Dogman. He was like just with like, the horses. hello, hello, I am here. Shows his presence, and it's really scary, and everyone's just like, yeah. oh my god, but then he's gone. He doesn't actually attack them. Hmm. That makes me wonder, because if we are going into the Native American lore and considering that theory as a possibility for, you know, the origin or why the likelihood dog man is of dogman. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So what if it is a shapeshifter? Like, what if it's, you know, Taylor Lautner? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I guess what I am thinking here is that, you know, if they're transforming into their totem animal... And if it's used for a purpose of building their own power and it's feeding off of terror and fear of another being of some kind, being of some kind, you know, just like maybe Dogman is hunting. He's looking for birds and everything and is just like, Rah, scares the birds. Maybe uh-huh. he gets one of the birds. But when it comes to humans, it's like out of respect because, you know, he previously was just a human a few minutes ago until he transformed and. Mm-hmm instead feeds off of the terror and fear of other people. Okay. Therefore does not harm other people because he is also part human. Right. Because we haven't heard any stories of actual attacks. Yeah. We haven't heard of actual attacks to neither. Yeah, like all of these yeah. stories are just like, he scared somebody. He never attacked anybody, right? Who? Yeah. yeah, interesting stuff. We have uh, something to build on that theory. There is a very phenomenal researcher. Her name is Linda Godfrey, and she's one of the foremost researchers of the dogman phenomena. 
and she found out that many of the dog man sightings were being reported in northwest Michigan. So she accumulated a vast number of wolfman sightings and dogman sightings and was able to compare their location. Like, okay, so where was this on the map? Where was this on the map? Where was this on the map? She okay. kind of took all those numbers, and then she realized that all of these reports on that map that she made, that little mental map that we are painting, they centered around ancient Native American burial and effigy mounds. Oh, that's interesting. These effigy mounds were typically in the shape of an animal. In particular, Godfrey found that Traverse City had a large amount of sacred mounds and coincidentally have had a large amount of dogman sightings in that area of the West Coast. Okay. Archaeologists believe these burial and temple mounds largely found in Traverse City were created by the native populations and used for spiritual practices. Steve Cook, author of the Dogman Song, said that he spoke with an elder of the Ottawa Chippewa tribe in the 1980s who believed dogmen were members of a shape-shifting skinwalker tribe who became stuck somewhere between their human and animal forms. Whoa. Linda Godfrey spoke with an elder from the Ho-Chunk Native American tribe who believed they were spirit creatures from another place that assume a physical form while in our realm. Godfrey speculates that it's possible that dogmen and other beasts are spirit creatures who came to this world and assume their corporal form to protect their ancient sacred landscapes. Then they return back to the spirit world. Oh. So there is another theory there too. Okay. And we're just going to track right on over to scientific explanations. Ooh, fun, fun. Because there's a few animal-based theories for dogman's existence as well. In an interview with Michigan Radio, Rachel Clark with the Michigan History Center says that she will not confirm nor deny reports of dogmen, especially since Michigan forests have diverse wildlife, which can house surprising creatures. And a fun fact is Bigfoot has also been sighted in Michigan many times. I think it's Huron Forest. Interesting. Yeah, I believe so. No quotes, but maybe. It's a big forest. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that can be out there. He's chilling with Dogman out there. Yeah. I mean, who's to say what is or is not there? Exactly. It's a large area of forested place that is not completely charted. You can't find all the things out there. It's just not possible. Uh, And if anyone is ever out in Michigan, if you're, you know, listening elsewhere at this moment, there is a very beautiful place called Nordhaus Dunes. And we were hoping... When we went there a couple of weeks ago, that we would see the dog man there. But I was instead, really hoping to see dog man. Instead, it was one of those things. I think I saw a few shooting stars and uh, like it's yes. like a galaxy mapped out over your head. It is so incredible. But there was just a point that just kind of overcame me thinking, what if we just got abducted by aliens right now? Oh, and I was just <laughs> like, good luck, aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Carrying on. Yeah, uh, she can't confirm nor deny because Michigan has a lot of diverse wildlife, like Bigfoot, the Dogman, maybe aliens, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Go and have your own experience and then come back and tell us about it. Yeah. Rachel, she also explains that for a long time there were stories of large cats in Michigan that were sort of dismissed. Oh, like bobcats? Cougar sightings. Uh, Yeah. She said that now there are cougar sightings that are out in Michigan. Uh Uh-huh. And... Uh, She said that there has been quite a few in recent years from her interview. Quote, so I'm not saying there's a dog man that's going to show up. However, who knows what's living out in the forests of Michigan. Mm -hmm. And also dog man sightings began in Michigan and then spread with descriptions varying a little bit slightly. But the core characteristics remained intact, which can be expected with any growing, migrating, or evolving species. And evolving species. Yes. Because we are still evolving. We are. We'll never stop. And so is Dogman. And all of the possibilities are yet to evolve. Yes. They're always going. So there is a really cool website, and it's called dogmanencounters.com. Ooh. And it is set up so nicely. I believe that they have a podcast, too, but it should tell you right on their website there, dogmanencounters.com. You go there and you can see every single dogman encounter that there ever was. 
reported. Yeah, reported. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can just click the ones that were cited in Michigan or even other states like Wisconsin, yeah. other places of the Midwest. Some are on the West Coast. Some are on the East Coast. He's everywhere. So they also have Dog a... Dog man's a traveler. Yes, he is. <laughs> he can leap very far bounds in a single bounce. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, now we're going to talk a little bit about of the two different types of dogmen that have been reported. So the first one, this is actually the least commonly cited one of the two, which is known as the type 3 dogmen, which can be distinguished by their humanoid-styled legs. They have knees and ankles just like humans and Bigfoot. Okay. They have certain anatomical features that let us know they can't be apes like Sasquatch or Bigfoot. Apes have fingernails and toenails. Type 3 dogmen have claws on their fingertips and toes. Apes also don't have sharp post-canine teeth. Type 3 dogmen do have okay. the sharp, like, I just imagine, like, little razor-sharp yeah. <laughs> teeth. <laughs> And this type is also classified as not having a tail like most monkeys do. Oh, okay. So it's dogman, but he, yeah. He's mostly he's a, man. He's a tailless, yeah. Mostly man with claws and a dog head, just with sharp teeth. So mostly man with sharp teeth and sharp claws. It's it's fucked up. Still pretty terrifying. <laughs> that, Whoa. I, I would like to see the, the most dog-like, the good boy. <laughs> I would like to see the good boy, please. <laughs> Show me the good boy. So what's the, the other kind? The canine type oh. <laughs> of the dog man. Okay. Which 95% of eyewitnesses claim to see, according to dogmanencounters.com. The canine type species is characterized by having canine-style legs, hocks instead of ankles. So they're kind of bent just a little bit slightly, you know, just kind of a little bit more lanky looking. Mm-hmm. Stifle joints instead of knees and disproportionately larger heads. Eyewitnesses describe this type of dogman of having more of a dog or hyena-style appearance. Some describe it as looking like the black werewolf from the movie Van Helsing. <laughs> Others say this dogman looks like a large timber wolf that can move bipedally. Bipedally, like, on all fours? Or on twos? On twos. But like um, with dog just legs. Just your one twos, your one pair of two like two <laughs> legs. <laughs> okay, but the knees bend forward that way. Yeah, Inst- yeah. Or backwards. Yeah, dog like. So, yeah. 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 Okay. For whatever reason, canine type dogmen seem to be more prone to aggression than type three dogmen. That's not to say that type threes are docile by nature because they're not. Hmm. It's obvious that they're members of the Canidae family. Other than that, no one knows what their origins are or how to classify them. And the dogman might possibly be linked to the beast of Bray Road. Oh, what's that? All of these eyewitnesses' accounts take place in Michigan. However, it's possible that the same species has been given different names in multiple areas. So kind of building off of that idea that there's... We live in a big world. There is a lot of creatures out there. Mm-hmm. Some of them evolve. Some of them are, you know, you have a bird, and then you have you have a pigeon, and you have a parakeet. You know, I'm not saying that one evolved from the other, but I'm saying that there's there's a lot of different subspecies of birds, subspecies, and dogs, and dogmans, and mans. Exactly. <laughs> so here's one of them of the subspecies because of the other one, you know, was the Wendigo. Uh-huh. This one is the Beast of Bray Road, okay. which is kind of found a little bit more in Wisconsin. Witnesses describe the Beast of Bray Road as a bear hybrid type looking thing, like a massive prehistoric wolf. That's kind of terrifying. Woof. That, yeah, woof. That, <laughs> <laughs> that stands six to seven feet tall on its hind legs and is about two to four feet tall when it's just on all fours. That's a big That's dog. That's a big dog. Or bear. Or Bear buffalo. Bear buffalo-like creature human thing. thing. Yep. Okay. (laughs) It's a beast. He's a beast. Some have described it as a werewolf, while others have likened it to a Sasquatch, which fit both of the two dogman classifications that we just talked about. And the beast of Bray Road is said to possess a combination of human and wolf qualities. Like its neighbor encrypted, the dogman, it likes to leap long distances. In this case, it likes to leap across Bray Road 
scaring motorists in the night. <laughs> so just imagine you're riding, you're riding on your motorcycle. You're listening to this podcast on right now. On a motorcycle in on the a dark. Motorcycle. Okay, you're brave. <laughs> wow, you know you're just living life. Yeah. You're listening to your spooky neighbors, to some other spooky shit, because we're in spooky season right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. You're driving and in then, your car. And then, all of a sudden, you see this big bear fucking, I wanted to say beefalo, because that reminds me of the, <laughs> the game <laughs> the Don't <beef-lo>. Starve. <laughs> it's the same concept. It's a buffalo bear dog thing that comes barreling at you. Uh-huh. That's fucked up. Yeah. That is fucked up. But majority of the witnesses... The, the brave are on motorcycles. The others are in their cars. Okay. Yeah. And they say that the beast is said to leave long scratch marks on the doors and trunks of their vehicles. Ooh, yikes. And there have been multiple reports of animal mutilation in the area near Bray Road done mm-hmm. by the buffalo bear dog thing. <laughs> An unknown creature. The buffalo bear dog Or so Godfrey calls thing. it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, if anything, like, came out and, like, scratched the side of your car like that. I'd be pissed. Like, bitch, you're going to pay for this. I mean, I've heard about <laughs> deer running into vehicles that cause massive destruction, but, like, a creature that just, like, scratches alongside that of your so car. That is so rude. That is so rude. But also, that would take, like, an amount of intelligence for something to I do. I know. That is. That's so intentional. Like, you have a whole forest, dude. You have a whole forest right. that you can scratch up. Don't scratch my car. <laughs> like, you're yelling at your cat. Stop scratching my couch. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, I know that's. But a gigantic bear dog man thing. Oh, yeah! Come on, <laughs> leave me alone. Right? Leave me in my car alone. <laughs> what did we do to you? And it doesn't stop there. Witnesses have also reported finding animal remains of deer and livestock partially eaten with specific organs removed. Okay, specific organs. So just like you said, that level of intelligence. Oh, wow. Do you know which organs? I don't know which organs, but that sounds... The lungs, the liver. (laughs) Was this this Hannibal? Yes, Was this dog man, bear man Hannibal? Where he's just like, I'm going to eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, maybe a bear, buffalo, dog, cannibal (laughs) creature, whoever you are out there, if you are listening to this podcast, (laughs) we see you, we see you go back to your home. (laughs) Don't scratch our cars and please be nice to your little neighbor animal friends. Yes, please. Eat the whole thing if you Eat need the food. Whole thing. I mean, just like going in, it's like okay, it sound, right? It sounds kind of ritualistic. Why yeah. would why why hmm. why take the heart or the liver? The liver. <laughs> <laughs> why do that? Beast of Bray Road. Why do that? Just wanted to say that, like you know, to clearly distinguish, this is not Dog Man. Okay, <laughs> no, this is something else. <laughs> this is something else. Maybe is That's like rude. <laughs> a cousin of Dog Man, but it's not Dog Man. It's Dog it's Man, Bear, Buffalo, Hannibal thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, if we wanted to get into the the cool part that we talked about earlier, you know, like the the walk in the. The locomotion oh, type of deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's where we're at What's now. What's that all about? So another scientific explanation that might help prove Dogman's existence is that it is simply an undiscovered breed of wild canid. Okay. So it could be like anything like the subspecies of werewolf, possibly. Okay. But building on from that. This theory would account for most witnesses describing a wolf-like animal, while every so often someone claims it looks like a massive malformed member of the bear family, just like the Beast of Bray Road, kind of, you know? Okay. Mm. Okay. So assuming these sightings are genuine, it's also possible that normal creatures of abnormal size are being misidentified, or that multiple creatures are being wrongfully labeled as the same creature. Huh. That's just building... Okay. Okay. That's just building more off on the idea of subspecies of the Canid family. Uh-huh. Okay. Linda Godfrey speculates the creatures could be some kind of rare indigenous adapted canine species, a wolf-dog hybrid that, for some reason, such as a missing forelimb, has learned to move upright. 
Hmm. And walk bipedally. So it's Hmm. entirely scientifically possible. She says that bipedal locomotion is not supernatural. Any mammal can walk on its hind legs if trained or motivated. Like a cat who's also pissed off. (laughs) Yes. And... This is a super cool point that she brought up, that walking canines are hard to replicate as a human in an animal suit. Ah, like in that video? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. like the Gable film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't replicate that. She actually has a, she has something. She has an animal track. Oh. She has an animal, an aminal. (laughs) She has an aminal track (laughs) that proves that they can walk upright. Ooh. So... Uh, She has a cast of a paw print from Rock County, Wisconsin, that is more than six inches in length and width, and it's far bigger than a timber wolf. Wow, that's big. That's almost dinner plate size. Yeah. And it's like the tracks are clearly like two feet, not four. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. This is what's really cool about locomotion and how things walk and just any type of tracking for that matter. You can tell... That there's, you know, maybe a harder indent in the soil based on, you know, how an animal is running or walking. You can tell a lot about that. It's just kind of like... If they have a limp or what have you. Exactly. And some of the leaps, those are really hard to replicate. Uh, Right. As human. Oh, that would be impossible. Unless you had like, I don't know, green screen or Ron Weasley's flying car to just... (laughs) You know, be able to make you leap such great distances with your giant dog-sized cast footprint, maybe like a 3D printed out model. Like, that's really extra. Why? Why Mm, do that? You know? Yeah. You can't. No. (laughs) You just can't. And why would you if nobody would ever see it? Yeah, or only if in a glimpse. Wow. So there is one last theory, and it's very, very short. It is genetic manipulation. Ooh. (laughs) like government the government intervention (laughs) the government did it area 51 all over again guys oh my gosh (laughs) are you ready to go storming for evidence of dog man we're going to naruto run there okay (laughs) we are ready to know about actually no you guys have already naruto ran through this whole episode so if you made it this far Amazing. We're proud of you guys. So Thanks cool. for hanging on so this cool. far. <laughs> this theory is that the government did it, possibly. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> possibly. Maybe. We don't know. But, well, you know, know, it's kind of curious about these kinds of things. Like, it doesn't hurt to throw in a conspiracy in there. Like Mothman, for example. He is a prime example mm-hmm. of possible genetic manipulation. Mm-hmm. Because of, like, just a little short blip in there. There's, like, a bunch of things that were found from an old military base that had chemicals that created the Mothman. So we might be able to theorize possibly the same thing about Dogman. One of the common characteristics of eyewitness accounts provided by Godfrey is that there is the presence of a graveyard or a military installation. Where? Where Dogman is sighted. Government aside, and going on to genetic manipulation. In today's technological day and age, animals of all kinds are being cloned and crossbred. Some can't help but wonder if Dogman is possibly one of these creatures mm-hmm. that were created. It sounds far-fetched, but at the same time, technologies in general are being tested many times, decades before the public becomes aware of them. Mm-hmm. So there is a possibility that Dogman could have been one of these experiments. You never know because of all the secrets. All the secrets. Hmm. That was all of our theories. It's all of our, our Dogman. and history lessons. Wow. There's so much. There's so much about Dogman. What a, what a wonderful topic of something of, of which I've never heard of before. There's it's so, so much lovely. out there. Wow. That was wonderful. Speaking in other terms of loveliness, we just wanted to say that this community is very, very wholesome of podcasting. We are really loving it so much. This is so great to just randomly reach out to people and just have conversations about cryptids and creatures and just the paranormal, you know, just like Matt Farley. 
The our paranormal, paranormal, yes, our friend, the paranormal song warrior. Yes, Matt Farley. His <laughs> um, songs are so goofy and wholesome and fun, and we love them. Absolutely. We cannot wait to have a conversation with you in the future on this podcast. So we just wanted to say thank you so much for letting us use your music. Super shout out to you. And also another shout out to our Instagram friends. Their podcast is called What Goes Bump in the Night. Ooh. And I would describe this podcast as it feels like you're sitting around a Michigan campfire because they are also from West Michigan. It feels like you're sitting at a campfire with some friends that you haven't seen in a long time and you're talking about some ghost stories. They're talking about their paranormal investigations. Um, Riley just got back from Alaska and has a lot of cool research on their episodes and they are so close to 5,000 listens. So if you guys can give them a listen, help them make that 5,000 mark achievable, that would be so cool. Yeah. What goes bump in the night? Yes. They are very, very, very very wholesome dudes. Really cool cool. people. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, guys, thank you so much for listening. We're so glad you're here. Yes. That you're back. Again. Yes. And hopefully again and again and again. We'll have more for you. Just stay tuned. Just 10 more seasons, Morty. <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> just just you and me, Steph. <laughs> there really are so many stories, and we're so excited to share them with you guys. So stay tuned for more. Yes, absolutely. And reach out on Instagram, Facebook, or send us a Gmail, all at your spooky neighbors. Yes, and wherever you listen to podcasts that you are able to leave a review, we would love to hear and see stars or do and just anything, something, yes, anything. leave us some Let kind us of feedback. Let us know what you think. And we're here to listen. We check all of that stuff, so let us know, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and be sure to come back next week. Crack cold one with your spooky neighbors. He roams across the Michigan countryside. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the Michigan Dog Man.